0: fans welcome to the Bearstyle style podcast on a wednesday we are thick in the middle of the usc recruiting season it's gonna be the busiest june busiest recruiting month we've ever seen covering the usc Trojans, we've been doing this for quite a while we're gonna get into that with keely york follow on twitter at keely is my name and answer a bunch of your questions talk about a big transfer out of the program to a rival just across town i think you can guess who that is and which rival that is but if you have any questions for us we do want to hear from you through this throughout the offseason. Podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address. And if you'd rather call us or text us, we do have a voicemail today. We do have a text today to read for you, but you can call us or text us at 424-254-9141. Leave us a text or a voicemail and we'd be happy to read or play it on the podcast. And if you got the Apple podcasting app, on any of your devices, please follow us here at the Peristyle Podcast. Leave us a five-star rating, any kind of review, comments, feedback, suggestions. We love it all. Any questions you have, we'll bump you right up to the top of the list. So thanks for any reviews that you guys have sent out. If you haven't done one for a while, but you did one a few months ago, yeah, go ahead and do one again. We do appreciate that. And I know Keely appreciates that. She likes to read those reviews at the top. Uh, Keely. Hello. How you doing today?
1: Doing well, Ryan. Doing well. It's
0: good. It's good. That you're in office in the office, right?
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Even though I've been back for a week, <laughs> you've
0: been back for a week. Yes, yeah, um, and you're
1: about to take off. So I'm you about know. to take off again.
0: It's, I've, fine. it's been, a, I mean, days since I've taken a vacation. I
1: know, so. poor thing, poor thing. Right? <laughs> I
0: don't know how we're gonna get through this. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's a real pain to go to Hawaii right now.
1: It's not. <laughs> you're just spoiled.
0: <laughs> I just spoiled. Yeah, you are like jump on planes. If you if you don't know, like yeah, to I, I think until the end of the month maybe. Hawaii still requires like a, a negative test, not just a negative test, a negative test from like their approved vendors that all cost over $100 for the test. So it's kind of crazy. Uh, and if you're vaccinated, but you're vaccinated out of the state of Hawaii, that doesn't count. So
1: I don't think anyone's going to feel sorry for you, right? I'm just saying, <laughs> like,
0: just if so you know, if you're going to travel to Hawaii in the next few weeks, I think it's going to go away. But it's it feels very like early pandemic stuff. But like,
1: at least you feel safe, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true uh i know you don't care about i've that, I've, but I've been over the feeling safe for know. quite a while especially once i, I got like even before i got the first shot but i've had you know yeah
1: you were licking the sidewalk before the first yeah, shot. yeah i was like just <laughs>
0: just bring it on give me six it yeah was, you know, whatever yeah. Uh, but yeah so uh i'll be back though for a show next week so no worries don't oh, look at that there. yeah so well i'll be back in then for that It's got a quick quick little long weekend uh trip but hope everyone is enjoying as things open up more i was actually in New York City, that was weird. It was like the first week that their bars and restaurants were like open later, past midnight. Wow, a lot. There was bars that said, "Hey, if you're vaccinated, you're not going to wear a mask inside." So it was kind of cool. Um, some of the stuff going on. We here in California, apparently, we're going to open up in a cup soon in a week. Soon. I think we have a question on that. I don't know. There's someone was, we do. Yeah, um, but th- that's the plan. So June 15th, things should open up. Uh, I know people are worried. You know, we're getting questions about. Tailgating and and uh you know how many people are gonna be in the Coliseum. I haven't heard any specifics, but if you watched um the Clipper Utah game last night, it's how, so crazy seeing it fans. Was full. It's like, so crazy. An indoor stadium packed to the gills. What a sight. Yeah. So when they when they come back to LA for the Clippers games, like there's still cardboard cutouts in this, like it's so different, you know. Um but it was so weird. Tyron Lu had a mask on by himself at a press conference after the game. And you're like, there's everyone in the stadium, like in the whole arena is there like hanging out and like you're by yourself wearing like Like uh, Some of the stuff is still weird for
1: we me. We don't know what the protocols are, Ryan. I don't <laughs> we're not a basketball
0: podcast. Can I just go on rants? That, uh, like, apparently,
1: Ryan Rance. No, you, just,
0: you know, I like, uh, I for a while. I want to talk a little okay,
1: bit. Okay, yeah. you do you. You do you. <laughs>
0: well, thanks everyone uh for tuning in again. I know it was a little get off track there. I want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's uh, my mom Keely came into town I saw first stop Trader Joe's we had to pick up some stuff you of know. course and uh she you know she was on the plane she was just feeling a little run down so I'm like you know what I went and bought they have these boxes of Trader Joe's tomato soup if oh. you like that if you want a little soup action going on <laughs> I like that and then uh we bought some sourdough bread from Trader Joe's and some cheese sliced cheese and uh, I made uh, grilled cheese sandwiches. So we made grilled nice. cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. So a yeah. A comfort
1: meal. That's yeah. nice. We did a
0: little comfort meal. Yeah. Uh Thanks to Trader Joe's. And picked up some some cereal, bananas, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, we did a little uh, Trader Joe's shopping. Got a couple bottles of wine, you know, because you need those kind of things.
2: Of course. Sure. they're
0: rotating. I'm trying some different wines because some of the wines that I was trying before, they're not there anymore. So like they're mixing some things around. Mm. So I'll... I'll I'll let you know when I open okay. some of these and see which ones. The I Ryan like. Wine Report. Are you a Pinot Noir girl? Do you like those or not really?
1: I, yeah, I'm not really a wine person. Really? Me, sorry. Yeah, it makes me sleepy.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know it's kind of boring. <laughs> Sometimes give you headaches or something, but I don't know I've just, I've been into the Pinot Noirs lately, and Trader Joe's does have a great selection. I mean, you can get five, six dollar bottles, and everyone I've had that's been good. And then you can get you know more expensive ones too. So.
1: I usually just have people know my taste, and they hand me something they're like, "You'll like this. It tastes good." I'm like, "Okay." Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's very trusting of you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's my roommates basically. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, not it's, like strangers handing me. That's why? pretty much your life, like. Is it, you yes.
0: Know, am I the only person outside of your roommates you've seen in the last? No, like six months?
1: I've I've gone out, <laughs> Ryan. I went to Hawaii, so yes, that's I've seen true. People. Yeah. Oh
0: wow, you saw people at the airport. everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, all right. Well, like we have this podcast thing, we should probably do. Probably.
1: We talk about USC football. Sometimes
0: I try to get Keely to be annoyed by me. It's really not that hard because I can be very annoying. And yeah.
1: And, you know, her fuse
0: sometimes a little shorter. A
1: fuse. My
0: goodness. (laughs) No. Uh, Well, we got some – I I don't know if we – let's do it. A little breaking news. Yeah. We talked last week about uh, Jay Toya, the very promising freshman, defensive tackle, position of need for USC, looked like he was definitely in the two-deep, potentially start and transfer portal. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, now we know, as of 10 p.m. on Tuesday night, where he's going.
1: Yeah. He committed to UCLA. Um, pretty interesting. I mean, UCLA was a finalist in his original uh recruitment process Um, and I know a lot of people are outraged about this and being like oh tampering and stuff like that it's just like we said last week it's a very odd unique situation I mean to reiterate from sources I talked to Jay Toya loved being at USC Um, he he loved what he was doing so far at the school and so it's it's definitely a complicated process that involves family and it is just an odd an odd story Ryan
0: it's definitely uh, an odd one and it's you know where there's people that are going to be outraged. If you get a transfer in the fans are like, yeah, transfer portal is awesome. And then you lose one. Like we got to shut down this transfer portal. So it's pretty funny. I think we have some questions about that a little yeah. bit later, but yeah, it's um, I, I, I would encourage fans not to look at everything from like their point of view. Like, well, he would have played Like there's all they we talked about this last week. There's always other factors mm-hmm. in play. I mean, these are people, there's families that are people that everyone has different opinions. There's, personalities. There's, uh, there's a lot of stuff, uh, going on here and it's, it's definitely unfortunate because it looks like it was someone that could have certainly contributed Mm -hmm. and maybe didn't come in with the most fanfare as far as, uh, recruits go. But I, I, you know, we had heard it was kind of a UCLA made a late push and there were some second thoughts there. And, um, you know, now he's going to end up over there at UCLA, Johnny Nansen, you know, a former USC assistant, um, you had recruited him before so there's a you know at least you know one connection there so uh we'll see um i
1: mean what's interesting is he took a visit to michigan and apparently michigan thought they were getting him after that visit they thought it went really well and then he commits to ucla at 10 p.m interesting timing but yeah
0: 10 p.m like the wednesday night news dump i don't think that's a you know a thing (laughs) going on but yeah that's uh he took an. i think he tweeted out or something like the official visit. Like mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot more of that kind of stuff now. Where you know w- but <laughs> once you're in the yeah, once you're in the transfer portal, like you're recruited just like a, a high school player. So it's yeah I know there's people that don't like you know, there's just a lot of changes happening in college athletics and college football specifically. You know, name, image and likeness stuff was going on this week, Congress and everything. They're mm-hmm. talking about that stuff. Uh I haven't really caught up on what's going on there. But I mean there's there's a lot of things that are changing. And if you're USC, you basically just have to um, understand the game. When the game changes, understand what the rules are, you know, and some people are like, Oh, I, I got screwed. Cause the rules changed. Like, well, you know, the rules are changing. You've seen the rules changing around you, you know, figure it out. I think like USC was slow on the early enrollee stuff. Do you remember? Or the early signing period yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. They were, they were thinking it was just going to be some people signing. Other programs were like, this is going to be signing day, and they start signing everybody. Yeah. And so there were some schools that didn't adjust fast enough, but you eventually adjust. And USC's adjusted to that now, but you won't want to get you know further behind. You're going to you know utilize the transfer portal as well as you can. USC brought in a bunch of potential difference makers just in the past few months, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of guys there, but also knowing that you can lose people too, and how do you? continue to recruit people on your roster, you know, maybe at one point, uh, you know, Keely, you're Clay Helton and I'm one of the assistants and I come to you, I'm like, Hey, my player, you know, you know, Joe Smith is, uh, he's kind of homesick. He's a little upset, you know, five years ago, he could be like, well, too bad. He's a freshman. He ain't going anywhere. You know, yeah. now you gotta be like, Holy crap, let's make sure, you know, nip this in the bud and get on top of it. So I think as a staff, you have to understand, you're taking the pulse of all of your players. You know, yeah. there's going to be yeah. the guy that's never going to leave, but there's other guys that are like, his girlfriend just broke up with him and uh, he didn't get as much playing time as he thought. You know, he's homesick. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, you better, like, you got to admit it. Like, there's there's going to be circumstances out here that you have to address and uh, situations. And if you don't, and I'm not saying USC could have with what was going on with J. Toya. No, there's no. some things that you just can't, you can't avoid. Yeah. But there's things you can't avoid, and I think you have to be on top of it, And and to know, to have your feelers out there, if there's someone that's unhappy across the country, that you could potentially yeah. could help your team, too.
1: I mean, that's the biggest thing, the, the evolution we're seeing now is, like you said, Ryan, you used to be able to just get them in there, get them signed, and okay, you're done. Yeah. That's, you're, you're stuck there. But yeah. now it's about retention. You got to make sure that your guys are still happy. Um, and of course, you're going to have transfers and whatnot. That's just kind of the process. But um, it's you have to be much more detailed about your personnel um, going forward. So that's just the the transfer portal madness. But the interesting thing about Toya, he signed his national letter of intent. So I don't know what the timeline looks for him. He might actually have to sit out a year, which is just crazy just thinking about where he the trajectory he was on in spring camp and now at UCLA and probably will have to sit out a year just weird turn of events.
0: Yeah, I think I thought the I forgot his name, the quarterback from Washington that went to Yeah. UCLA, he had signed his NLI like eleven months ago, but it was supposed to be like a year. But then Washington like released him. Washington like was notorious for not letting people yeah. transfer. Um then the rules changed and the Pac 12 set it changed. and it, you know that ended up happening and going through. But Toya signed his more recently. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything USC can do. Um, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. You know, where where that we'll all see. is going forward? But yeah, definitely a, an interesting uh, situation there, and we'll see what's what transpires. What you know, what what he ends up doing, and you know where USC sort of goes from here. Because that's definitely you know Brandon Peely's out for the year. Um, you know, there's not...
1: coming back from his uh, compartment. Compartment. Life. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean it's on him now pretty much to get healthy because he'll be a, he'll, ha- he'll have to be a contributor for sure.
0: Yeah. And you know losing guys like uh you know Jay Tefele, who you know ended up sitting out Marlin. the year but Marlin yeah. had a huge year, mm-hmm. you know, um you know ends up getting drafted. So that's uh definitely uh something that you know USC fans should be watching. We talk about the offensive line a lot but this you know there's some concerns on the defensive line uh as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, the other big news is, you know, as of June 1st, so we're nine days in to the dead period being over. So 15 Ta-da! months or 16, whatever it was, you can't go, you can't have camps. You can't have students on, you know, officially on camp, all this stuff, all that stuff is gone. We're seeing, you know, at midnight, people were starting to do stuff. We, we talked about this a little last week, but I, you know, it is. If you just watch social media, pick a team, pick the people that cover that team, and everyone's just busy with recruiting stuff. Oh but yeah, the marketing people for the schools—they're you know tweeting all this stuff out. They're you know talking, telling you how many draft picks and all this stuff. USC went over to SoFi Stadium yeah. and was doing events there, and you're seeing all these social media posts. Um, you this is like a full court press on every recruit, and if you're if you're not bringing your A game, like you're falling behind. Like to bring your A game is to like be like uh, you know, on par with everyone else, you know?
1: Well, that's the interesting thing about how much time has elapsed. You kind of had time to really prep and see, okay, who's going to have the biggest show or who's going to have yeah. the best marketing plan? Cause you're not just rolling into a normal recruiting period. Like this is it. Like they're finally, the gates are open. And so, I mean, it's just interesting to see what each school has kind of taken uh, to the new level.
0: Yeah, there's, the, there's definitely new levels. Um, we knew that the investment that USC was making into, you know, the the staff, the support staff around the football team was significant. But we weren't really seeing, you know, a you, lot of stuff. Yeah, because, you
1: couldn't, though.
0: Yeah. But now you're seeing – I mean, we – were you? Did you come away impressed with what they were doing? I
1: mean, I've, I see. Here's what I want your opinion on. Okay. I, I feel like the P was kind of poo pooing that they went to SoFi Stadium, and I, I think it's just a cool flex to be like, "Hey, look at what's in your backyard." And I think people forget that USC is not going to put their whole recruiting strategy online for fans to see. Like you're not going to get that poach from other schools. So right. there's other things happening on campus. They get the whole spiel on campus, and then they're going to SoFi and, and having dinner there and having a little fun experience. So I thought it was it was a cool thing for for players. But yeah, I feel I, like the P was a little like meh. <laughs> the
0: P is always a little mad. That's true. Uh, but the. Yeah, I would say I thought that was a cool aspect of it. I was texting with some people from USC. I'm like, "Hey, that's cool." Like, just yeah, that was like the first thing that I sort of uh, noticed when you have like the largest video board in the world, like putting all USC stuff on there. Like, Highlights, yeah. No one's doing that, right? Like, because yeah. you can't, because you're not near uh, SoFi Stadium. I, I feel like you have to sell yourself, um, just like if you were you know, do, you were like speed dating or whatever, and you're going through, if you're, you know, I don't know, do they still do those things? Probably not. Like, <laughs> you know, but you would like, you know, meet someone for like five minutes. You got to like sell yourself about here's all the cool stuff. You know, like if you have a a great job, you might be talking about that. If you're unemployed, you're probably avoiding talking about that. Right. So, um, I don't know, maybe you're proud of it whatever, but like you're, you're trying to accentuate the, you know, accentuate the positives Yeah. and You have to use, you know, if you're in rural Iowa, you're going to sell something different than if you're in Los Angeles, you know, and Mm -hmm. you've got to embrace like, Hey, there's going to be kids that are from the country that come to LA and go, Holy crap, this is terrible. But you can't change that. You're like, yeah, well, you're probably not a city kid. Like you're probably not a USC guy just because, but the ones that are like, they're ones come from a small town that, you know, the every, you know, waitress in Hollywood that's been like moving out here from the Midwest, trying to. Land an acting gig, like you find that kid that's like, oh man, I, I'm from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Then you're gonna, like, look at this. We're gonna go to SoFi Stadium. Look, we're in Hollywood, you know, here's we're the Santa
1: Monica. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that you use all that to sell, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's hard to, uh you know, if you're six foot nine and you're trying to hide the fact that you're tall, that's a little hard. It's hard to hide the fact that you're. In the city, you know, so it's, you got to find the right people. And I think a lot of people find that appealing, but I think USC did a good job of using, um, you know, what's there, you know, selling the tradition, selling the, the NFL stuff, you know, selling where you are and, and all, I think that was great, but you also have to, the sales process too, where you want to, you know, all the social media posts, the videos, whatever it is, like you got what you want to sell, but then you also have to sell it. And, uh, you know, I think, overall with having the staff that they put together, they're doing a much better job of that this time around.
1: Yeah. And to make the point, like this is the first time that you got they the revamped recruiting staff, like Brian Carrington, Jeff Martin can really go out there and, and do what they're good at, you know, because this was the first time that they could actually talk to recruits in person. Like, yeah. it's just crazy thinking about when they came here and when they've actually been able to do what they've uh, been able to do. So, I mean, I feel like people kind of misread how USC is marketing themselves. I feel like they're like, oh, it's too much glitz and glamour. But like at the end of the day, that's what attracts young kids, you know. And I know football players are going to still want to know about the football and the tradition and whatnot. So it's a mix of both. And I think I, I think it hits the spot. I think people are kind of overreading into the fact that like, oh, they're touting LA too much. I feel like there's a, also a scenario where if they weren't, we would be complaining that they weren't, you know. So yeah. I, th- I think it's a right strategy.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we'll see how it um, comes around. I mean, it just doesn't seem like where we are right now as far as the number of commitments. You know, we're far behind where we were a year ago. I mean, that's interesting. So I think you could see, uh, you know, a late push. We could see guys waiting for some results, you know, like, uh, you know, the results from the Pac-12 were kind of weird last year, you know, like a a three into Oregon team is like Pac-12 champs, you know, you're like, okay, you know, this is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some weird stuff, uh, going on there. It's like USC selling like, Hey, we're Pac-12 South champs, or we are five and zero in the regular, you know, like eh, you're probably not selling that too much, but yeah. didn't go to a bowl game. There's, so it's, it's definitely a weird and interesting time as far as what they're doing. And, you know, USC does have a a good class but it's small but there's a lot of small classes out there mm-hmm. compared to where we were yeah before but this is a huge month um we never see i mean the weekend we just had to cover you know you could put that up there with any weekend uh you know the weekend before signing day right or like a late january weekend and you're yeah. probably going to have, like, three more of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a blitz for sure. I mean, props to Gerard; He was working the phones all oh God, over the yeah. weekend. Chris, as well, they were just killing it, um, talking to the recruits that visited USC, both officially and unofficially. Uh, but USC had eight official visitors over the weekend. Uh, five-star offensive lineman, Devin Campbell, which – I know everyone's like, where's the lineman? Where's the lineman? There you go, guys. Five-star, Five-star offensive lineman.
0: Officially visited. Took so. his
1: first visit that he can ever take to USC. So look at that. And then they had four-star running back, Evan Shawchuk, who actually just got offered uh, by USC yesterday. So that's something to look for there. Uh, four-star wide receiver, Sha- Shaz Preston. Four-star wide receiver, Nick, Nick Anderson. Who's, uh teammates with USC commit, uh, Ty Kana, not sure still, right. uh, he visited with him as well. And then three-star offensive lineman, Austin Kowicki. Four-star ri- wide receiver, DJ. Allen and four-star cornerback Jaden Gold. So nice. those were the first like official visitors of 2021.
0: So there was there wasn't like a, a local three-star offensive lineman visiting or anything. These were all highly ranked, uh, important players. guys
1: for sure. And then they yeah. had some important uh, unofficial visitors too. They had a Relique Brown, uh, who's a Oklahoma running back commit but he was on unofficially uh i believe yesterday on monday or tuesday uh, and he posted some pictures of him posting with like uh, posing with the heisman trophy and whatnot nice. in the uniform so i think that raised some eyebrows of like oh look he's uh taking a visit to usc
0: yeah and uh I, there's some some of the fans on the p that are just like oh yeah a bunch of guys visiting that'll never uh that will never commit and all that i mean i this is what you want right like this is what the staff has been waiting for you want to bring in these top guys. You want to try to sell them in person. This isn't a zoom. This is, you can hold their hand and bring them into SoFi stadium and show them all kinds of stuff. You can walk down Hollywood Boulevard. You can do all these things that aren't going to be the same as a virtual tour of your facilities Mm -hmm. on a zoom or whatever. So I think it's, these are all, this stuff had to happen. And you know, I think they're going to, try to set themselves up for some really huge weekends this month.
1: Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that I feel like the general sense we got from both parents and the recruits that stopped by USC this past weekend, I feel like the theme that kept coming from their interviews was like the staff seemed really connected or like united, and I don't think that's something we've necessarily heard before from recruits. Like, hey, they were all on the same page and like you can tell that there's chemistry on the staff. So I think that's something that's noteworthy because that's something that, as a recruit, you would probably want to buy into, not versus like, hey, this is just Gavin Morris trying to sell USC, you know. So I think that is notable that, you know, revamping the recruiting staff actually is is working out for the the school.
0: You want to look like an organization that's uh, you know, organized, that's buttoned up and uh your every I is dotted, every T is crossed. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking about the J Toya situation and trying to keep your current players happy, a lot of it's going to fall back on is how organized are you? How you know, what kind of relationship do the staff members have with each other that if uh, one of Dante Williams' players isn't happy and Craig Nivar notices, like, they're on top of it. Or, you know, even Graham Harrell notices, and he's like, hey, I saw one of your defensive backs, he was working with uh, Brew McCoy, and uh, he was talking about why, th- you know, things weren't going well or whatever. So, you know, if it's a well-run organization and we feel like they've made a lot of hires to make it a much, you know, it was, I mean, no joke. It was poorly run from the athletic director on down for years. Right. Mm -hmm. And they've made a lot of good hires. So now the hope is it's much more organized. It's, it's better. It's just better run. It's a a well-oiled machine is what you want it to be. And you will be able to notice things like that. And you will be able to notice uh, what, you know, recruits can notice that when they come in, if it's like, you know, someone picks them up and they're like sitting outside the Galen Center by themselves for a while because no one's there. And they're like, oh crap, you were supposed to go see this. Like that, you know, that could be a simple mistake. That could be nothing, but it doesn't give you the impression that this is a well-run organization. Like people know yeah. where you have to be, what you're supposed to be doing. Here's the program. And it not, doesn't necessarily have to be like, here's every minute of your day as planned, but you just get to feel, you know, you can walk around a place like that and go, all right. These guys know what they're doing, you yeah. know? And that's yeah. the impression it seemed like a lot of the recruits had.
1: Yeah, it seems like it was a well-run ship uh for the first week. And you know, that's something that Dante Williams talked about when he first got to USC in that like March press conference we had before everything shut down. He was saying like you can't just rely on the the brand. Like he was like pointing to his shirt and that's kind of what you're saying, Ryan. That's what the previous staff and athletic department did. It was kind of like, "Hey, we're USC. Of course you'd want to come." to USC you know and like that was kind of their pitch you know but now they realize that not only has recruiting in college football evolved but uh you need to bring your a-game um to really get the the talent that you need at this level so yeah
0: mm -hmm. well yeah so uh good good show for uh for USC there's still stuff going on during the week but the weekends are gonna be big um any other takeaways from the the I mean
1: stay on the board I mean Gerard and Chris there's so much information they were just churning out interviews with parents and players about how the visits went and uh, I believe USC just offered a new five-star tackle I believe so more things coming out of the recruiting world so I mean they've been on it so props to them and make sure you stay on on the site because so much information has come out in the last week
0: yeah we were going to try to do a uh a tunnel vision on Sunday but then uh
1: like, we had to let the masters work. W-
0: yeah, like they were just going to be too busy. Uh, we had shotgun out of town, so we'll we'll definitely try to get that going again. Um, we did, uh, you know, we had our uh, our Lindsay Gottlieb uh, interview. Right, yeah. going to try to do some more some more of those one on one ones too. Or I guess that was two on one. Um, <laughs> People
1: seem to like your uh, lunch with the Trojan back in the day.
0: Yeah, so we try to do some of those too. You know, when I'm in town, we can <laughs> do but we'll In between
1: do that. your multiple <laughs> vacations.
0: <laughs> Nice. Uh, All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and answer questions. Back in a minute. All right, so we're back here on the Peristyle podcast. Do you want to start with the voicemail, or where, what would you like sure. to do? Why don't we do that? Uh, make sure it's... Un- okay, we got a uh, voicemail. Normally, our, this is our buddy Evan, but he normally calls in to the uh, podcast of Champions, our Pac-12 podcast. Oh. little plug, but uh, <laughs> he's calling in the Peristyle podcast, so let me play it for you.
2: Hey, guys, this is Evan from Tempe. Uh, it's called... Ryan's uh, other podcast a bunch of times lately. I haven't called this one forever. And uh, I was just wanting to know, I was listening to uh, one of the CBS college football podcasts, one of the national ones. And um, they were talking about who would be the coach of USC when Clay Helton gets fired, because obviously he should be fired. And they said James Franklin, uh, which I just don't understand at all. Um, I used to think that James Franklin should be the coach, should be one of the candidates to be the coach. But I realized that would be terrible. And, uh, You know, he went four and five last season. Uh, As bad as Clay Helton was last season, at least he won the regular season games. Franklin couldn't even do that. So I don't really know what this James Franklin thing is, but I just wanted to ask what you guys thought. Uh, I mean, Helton's at least finished in the top three before. Franklin's never done that. I'm not saying Helton is better, but I just don't understand why you fire a coach and then hire the one that lost to Clay Helton. Uh, Because obviously he lost Clay Helton in a pretty big game, so... Uh, you know, maybe if you guys think that James Franklin would be a great coach for USC, you know, let me know. But uh, just want to know what the why people would think that James Franklin would be a good coach uh, for USC uh, when they fire Heldon. So, thank you guys. Peace.
0: Uh, Thanks, Evan. It's it, it funny how, like, there's an inevitable thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, when he's fired, this is they're going to go. <laughs> we, we get so many questions. I know. Hypotheticals on who would be, blah, blah, blah. But – James Franklin's name come up before. I wouldn't put too much stock into he went four and five in the pandemic year. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't give the time. I mean, Alabama was amazing, and they could that could have been a non-pandemic year, and they would have boat rolled, you know, just steamrolled everybody. Yeah, um, but I'm not gonna like necessarily. I'm not gonna give Oregon a ton of credit for winning the Pac-12 and that. Like, they you know they weren't even the best team in the north. Whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna blame James Franklin for. Uh, going four and five, I think they end up beating, they beat Harbaugh, right? I think they were like, I think Penn State and Michigan were both like hadn't what a game or something stupid like that. There was some weird stuff going on, but um, I mean, he's won at Vanderbilt where, you know, he won like nine games at Vanderbilt, you know, and he's, you know, done some good things at, at Penn State and you would just, it'd be projecting that he would do better things at USC, where at Penn State, you know, what's... Tradition wise, are you the third best team in the, in the big 10? Like there's, you know, it's different. Like you're going against a juggernaut in Ohio state. Um, There's, you know, there's a lot going on in the big 10 where you're not the top dog. And in the, in the pac 12, you are going to be at the top dog. So there, there would be arguments there. So I I get why, I mean, I don't think if there was an opening, I don't think he would be my first choice, but people I trust in college football uh, are definitely fans of of James Franklin. Think he could do well. Um, you know, we've seen people do like okay jobs at one place and then crush it at another, and we've seen people crush it at one place and then do kind of crappy at the next one. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? Like, it's it's you. That's why you have smart people that get paid a lot of money to figure this stuff out. They would it would be up to Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna and their team to project what james franklin would do at usc they might say he did this here but he we think he would do this plus 50 percent at usc but if they say well he did this at penn state but he would do that minus 25 percent at usc they, they wouldn't want to hire him so it's it's a lot about projecting you know moving from one environment to other would he excel in this environment because there's going to be a lot of different factors you're not in the middle of nowhere in pennsylvania you're You're going to be in Los Angeles. You're not the third best team in in your conference. You're the best team. You know, like there's, you got the most tradition. You can, you're a different recruiting, um, you know, areas and all that stuff. So that's why you would pay a, you know, have a good athletic director to figure this stuff out. Um, Sometimes you look at a guy like he was only good there. He was decent, but at the next place, we think he's going to be awesome, you know, and, that's what those guys get paid to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this before, but there was a whole strategy at Cincinnati as to why they paid Fickle and who the other candidates were. And I assume that would be the same process uh, this time around if that does happen, because that's not right. <laughs> it's not a guarantee. Uh, he's still head coach right now. But uh, so I, I think it's definitely going to be different than what USC fans are accustomed to as far as the, the search right. process that's happened before with prior athletic directors. So, I mean... We see it a lot that people are like, Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle. Why isn't like pick Luke Fickle? It's like, well, the people who decided to bring in Luke Fickle are at USC right now. So I think you can have a little bit of confidence in their decision process.
0: Yeah. And uh, just, you know, hiring someone like Lindsey Gottlieb, you're like, okay, you know, yeah. like we trust their process. I like, think this is going to be uh, good, you know. It, and it's funny because it becomes this thing on the parasol and the message boards, and people are like, this, that, whatever. Uh, we like this guy, we like that guy. And then some people disagree. So you know, if you're like, hey, I'm a huge Matt Campbell fan. Matt Campbell's gonna be great. He goes out and loses to Louisiana last year, and then we're like, see, Matt Campbell's terrible. He would never do blah blah. And then he goes on and what? He made the the Big Twelve Championship game. Like they won all, like. Then he looks amazing again. The NFL wants them. Like you're like. Yeah, they lost to a Louisiana team that's actually good, you know, like, yeah. uh, in a pandemic year. So, like, yeah. But the people that didn't want Matt Campbell are going to be like, I'm all over you. Matt Campbell's terrible, see? But then you're like, okay, no, he's, he's actually really good, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We actually have a question, kind of, uh, oh. that's related to this, so I'm going to jump in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's from our buddy Dan, class of 1962, who says, hi, Keely and Ryan. Glad to have Keely back on the podcast after her well-deserved vacation. Thank you, Dan.
0: Wait, that's the only reason you read that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's, that's it. That's the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He says, USC Uh, with 132 national championships has through the years been great in many sports. When you analyze the championships, the common thread is great coaches. And I'm so glad that Mike Bone is aware of the value of coaching with the Lindsey Gottlieb hire. Football, baseball, swimming and diving, track and field, and men's tennis have exemplified the championship culture. And we can thank a handful of coaches for their championships. McKay, Jones, Robinson, and Carroll in football, Dato in baseball, Peter Dayland in swimming, uh, Dean Cromwell in track and field, and Dick Leach in in men's tennis. If past ADs have retained Mike Lepsy in baseball and hired Tara McKeever for swimming. Those sports would have continued to prosper. I'm now confident that Mike Bone will be the AD who does understand the need for good coaching and the ability to hire them. Can you say Luke Fickle? Fight on and win with great coaching, Dan Class of 1962. So this is what I was talking about. A lot of people yeah. are like Luke Fickle. Hey, <laughs>
0: so, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I mean if you're going to talk about replacing Clay Helton when if it comes to that, I mean his name's going to be right up there since Mike Bone already hired him once. You know. Uh, but he might think Luke Fickle's perfect for Cincinnati, but not perfect for USC, you know, and yeah. for different reasons. Luke Fickle, I don't think, has ever coached out of the state of Ohio. Like, so there's it, – but it might not just be that. It might be other reasons. Well, who knows? But I think the main point is, yeah, Dan, when, all those years when I was complaining about, hey, hire people that are good at their jobs, like, what are you doing? Like, hire great coaches. You know, if you're yeah. USC and you've won championships in this sport, you don't need to – Get a retread and or you know some terrible coach. Go get a really good one, and because that'll give you a better chance. You hire people that are good at their jobs, and USC was reluctant to do that for whatever reason because they wanted to hire people that under, you know for different reasons. It wasn't because they were good at their jobs. It was because they maybe knew USC, maybe they wouldn't rock the boat. Whatever it was, there's was, there's all kinds of reasons to hire someone, and fans assume. You're gonna hire the, the the guy that's gonna win and that's not necessarily what the priority was for USC it was more about did they fit in are they gonna like upset me are they gonna like make me like do more work like that's the kind of stuff people are getting hired for or you know, or not hired and yeah yeah Dan you're 100 right bring in great coaches uh people that are really good at their jobs and if you're if you're USC you have the luxury of hiring people that have proven that they are good at their jobs. I know this is this weird trend in the NBA right now, like hiring people that not only have never coached in the NBA, but like never coached anywhere. Steve Nash, you know, like he's the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and they're like look amazing right now, you know. Maybe in basketball that works. That's really about talent. Like it's not recruiting and it's not like they got three superstars, right? And they got like Blake Griffin who's, uh, you know, <laughs> Was a superstar. Once like,
1: again, you're making this a basketball podcast. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, yes, like, no, I'm joking.
0: But you can't do that like in college football. Like, it's, recruiting is such a huge part of it. Like, oh yeah, Coach K. You know, um, you know Duke. He just retires. Like, yeah, uh, college basketball is mostly about recruiting, right? Like, you're getting you get Zion Williamson and like two other like first round draft picks in the same recruiting class. Like, you're gonna be pretty you, freaking good. You do pretty well, right? Like. Even I could coach that team. Keely could coach that team. Like we were, you know, it's like so. There's a there's different factors where like if Steve Nash had to like assemble the team and like, you know, that'd be a whole different story. But he's never coached before, and you gave him, you know, one of the greatest rosters. Like okay, uh, he'll probably be pretty good. You know, like yeah. I mean, James Harden didn't play, and they went by thirty five. Like you know. Yes. I'm sorry that we're going on those. No, but, but the point is, like in, in in college sports, coaching is a huge factor of it. I mean, it's accumulating talent. It's, you know, putting these players in the position to succeed. Um, you know, getting the talent in football is not enough. You have to have good schemes. You have to, you know, you can't just out talent everybody. You can, you know, there's you can out talent some teams. Uh, in basketball, you can out talent guys a lot, but it is important to get great coaches, Dan, and that's you know what what I've been saying for years, and people are like, oh, whatever, you know, this is why hire yeah. good people. Stop being you know stop hiring bad people <laughs> hire good people oh yes. it works yes it, of course it works hire yes. good people
1: <laughs> thank you ryan for that very uh, simple but obvious statement no that <laughs> makes sense i mean especially if you think about it the roster size for college football is so big compared to other sports you know and you have to like we were just talking about the retention you have to make sure that all your team's happy chemistry etc um but just to circle back the same reason why uh Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna ended up like with a strategy and ended up with Luke Fickle is the same reason why you can't automatically say, hey, there's an opening, Luke Fickle's coming to USC. Right, yeah. Like that's That would be the old USC way of doing it because yes. they're old buddies and they know each other. But there's going to be a process because it's a different landscape. It's a different variable of USC and West Coast, et cetera, et cetera. So I think... I just want to caution people that if there is an opening, I don't think you can just be like, oh, Luke Fickle, he's coming down, you know? So it's, there's going to be a strategy and this stuff like that if that is the case.
0: Right. And it, it, if there's an opening, it could very well be Luke Fickle. I mean, he's one of the hottest coaching names out there. But like you said, he still have to go through this process. And you're like, he is perfect for Cincinnati. If we were at texas like we think he'd be good there or if we if he's a florida state we think he'd be good there but for usc we don't think so because of this or that or whatever like that's yeah but you have to trust their their process and their strategy and it's worked you know it's worked well for them so far and you know you're if you're a usc fan you're hoping it keeps working for usc
1: yep Uh, We got an email from our buddy Brett C. from Knoxville, Tennessee. He says, hey, Peristyle Podcast team, Um, I I just recently heard about California not lifting their state emergency order with COVID-19. Will this affect USC for the fall for football to have fans in the stadium? Thanks and fight on. As always, Brett C.
0: Brett, so I haven't heard – I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about. We are – as a state, we are supposed to open up no restrictions, no tiers as of June 15th. I think counties can do different things. My guess is they'll probably still say, well, you know, you still got to wear masks inside for a while. Like I'm guessing they'll probably do some of that stuff. Cause once they, especially a lot of politicians make these decisions, like it's hard for them to back off of them. Like, you know, even if like what science changes, are we going to see like what we saw at Utah last night? Probably not. But I think we're going to see more people at Clippers games. If that, you know, they last that long, Um, you know, Kings games, whatever, Dodgers games and Angels games and all that stuff. Uh, I think we'll see all that kind of stuff uh, going forward. And I think we're going to see tailgating at USC. I think we're going to see, you know, it's outside. I I, I think the Coliseum is going to be, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a lot of restrictions. It's my guess, but I don't know. What do you think?
1: Tailgating is an interesting one. And this is me speaking without any knowledge on tailgating specifically, just because that means that's outside people coming onto campus. And I know if USC is going to try and have on in-person classes in fall that might be risky for them you know they don't want to jeopardize the health of the students in that sense so we'll see on that I don't know but I mean things have evolved so quickly the fact that things have gotten better um and I think Arizona State said that they're going to be full capacity and obviously that's Arizona so it's a different case but I think it was
0: University of Arizona maybe it was, oh really okay I, my bad it could have been it could have been both too but I think I saw University of Arizona say that
1: okay my bad um yeah so I mean we'll see I mean a couple months ago, go I was told it would be around thirty percent, but that was back when things weren't as good as they are now. I mean, I think California has one of the lowest infection rates right now, so it could get better by the time we get to September. So we'll see. It, yeah. It's a positive track, I'll say that.
0: Yeah, I would say it's. I mean, it's definitely going to be better. You're. I mean, just like the communities I live in, you know, I think the vaccination rates like over seventy, you know, something percent. Like I think. There's different communities that aren't in California, but in general, I think we're pretty well vaccinated. Uh, My mom's visiting from Massachusetts, like all of New England's mostly open. Like you can go in restaurants without a mask. Um, You know, they have high vaccination rates too. I think that there's going to be, it's going to be tough to do some of these restrictions like two weeks from now, a month from now, let alone September, you know? So maybe they say it's like a 75% thing. The, The stuff on campus, that does complicate it like if you're going to be at a tailgate parking lot okay but if they're like oh we don't want people coming on campus if they're not vaccinated cuz i think usc said in person classes but you have to be vaccinated i believe so um, yeah i thought that was that was you know a few weeks ago or something so um but yeah i'm not not exactly sure as far as what but the state is supposed to be out of the whole restriction thing as of june 15th so that's like a week from now Yep, so we'll see.
1: That. We'll see. I mean, I'm curious what that looks like going forward. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There'll be counties that are be really like, you know, there's certain counties that have been open for quite a while. Yep. There's other ones. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're an Orange County girl. like I am. You go to restaurants there quite a bit. Not, I'm not saying you were, but that <laughs> no, you could have. Guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, we have two more emails, so I'm going to get to those. Sure. Uh, first is from our buddy Stephen Poway, who says, Dear Ryan and Keeley, as I listen to the podcast this week, welcome back, Keely. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I heard that Ryan said there are 15,000 or uh, 105,000, 1500 guys in the transfer portal numbers are hard they're hard (laughs) and when you're reading an email Uh, if that's the case or even if there are one uh one-tenth of that number do you think usc will find a starting left tackle in the bunch also it's not going to make life very difficult for coaches if players can transfer to their rival schools at any time bringing with them not only their playbooks but also the inside scoop on secret play calling signals and tendencies um P.S. Is anyone else struggling to make sense of David, quote-unquote, Toy's official excuse on Twitter for leaving SC? If he committed to SC in 2018, how could the pandemic have anything to do with his inability to shop around for the right school? I know, I know. Go to the war room, smiley face, fight on, and win, Stephen Poway. Uh, Steve, we actually talked about this on the Family Feud podcast as well, how that uh, excuse kind of was like, mm, really? Like, since he committed as a sophomore, so. Yeah, uh, that yeah. doesn't,
0: you know. there was. I, I think you committed as a sophomore, but it's a commitment. It's not i mean it's a things change yeah it's a current like whatever it's like a you know it's like a promise ring or something like you're not really engaged you know <laughs> sure um so th- you didn't so- get to go through the, the recruiting process would have been when the pandemic was going on yes. like that's when official visit. i've been committed whatnot. to usa for two years but i want to go i'm going to take a visit to texas and yeah I'm or go. i
1: went to michigan and they really sold me and i changed my mind you know yeah
0: something and you didn't like get that. to do any of that stuff you didn't get the, the last minute pitches you know yeah um this was you know the Bachelorette, and they bring the guy back, like uh, you know, uh, from the early season one. Like I, I was always in the back of my mind. I should have gave him a rose, and he gets another chance to get back in. I don't watch the show. Is that something they do? I,
1: I think. Do so. you just assume that I watch the show? Uh, I believe uh, yeah. so. <laughs> no, I actually haven't watched it in a really long time. So. They, I, I heard the ratings
0: were because nice. uh, Chris. Uh, was it Chris Harrison? I believe so. Yeah, he's not he's not on the show anymore.
1: Man, we are not on topic. Ratings today. <laughs> are down. That's
0: okay. Like we people like you know. know. hearing Talk about stuff. Yeah,
1: but I just want to deliver the USC football content. Oh, you we're know. we're delivering. <laughs> I know. Um, but as far as what Stephen Poway uh, asked about the left tackle portal situation, hmm. I've actually asked recruiting guys about this because I'm curious. Like, hey, if you have a wide variety of people to choose from, shouldn't this be easy to fill like the holes that you need? And so the explanation I got that was. Kind kind of funny to me it was like um especially linemen they go so fast they go so fast and if they're still in the portal at this point there's a reason you're kind of going like okay (laughs) why are you still in the portal like how it was described to me is like you go to tj maxx and you find like a a ralph lauren shirt but then like the logo is a little tilted and you're like wait is this really like authentic so something like that where it's it's a little like sketchy as to why they are still in the portal and why they're still you yeah. know haven't found a home because linemen especially good linemen are people schools will pick them up like hotcakes you know so the fact that uh they're there is a little concerning i think for people who are scouting
0: and like we talked about this before it's getting to the point now that you're usually not entering the transfer portal unless you have a good idea of schools that are interested in you yeah you know and you know what? People aren't going to be going to the portal if they think that they're not going to find a home. Um, so it's not just like there's this list of free agents that you know all of them are great. Like this is yeah, like it's like you've been you've picked through the the bargain rack at TJ Maxx. And like yeah, you know, oh there's a triple XL um, you know green sweater from uh, five years ago. Like yeah, well, it's you know it's a good deal, but like I yeah, can't, but I can't is really it like worth it. it? Yeah, yeah, I can't really use that. And like oh there's. this... Oh, there's a there's a large that's gonna fit me and stuff. And it's like, oh, what's oh yeah, like there's a hole in it. Yeah, there's like yeah. yeah, there's 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 a there's a reason why every single player is in the transfer portal, and not all of them are my coach is a jerk, and all you know, like there's yeah, there's reasons why. There's there's these are breakups basically. These are committed relationships that have broken up and if any of your friends had broken up recently or whatever, you would talk to him or her and then talk to the significant other, you're probably going to get a very different story. Like there's, there's reasons for these breakups. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, it's like you're going into a, a new, uh, you know, engagement ring store. Like, Oh, look at all these like beautiful rings and all that stuff. Like you're, you're, go- you're going to the ones that are like, yeah, these are this was previously owned. And, uh, was oh that, gosh! You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I so. mean, the good example of this is when uh, Wayne Morris or Wayne Morris, uh, who was a five-star Tennessee uh, tackle, entered the transfer portal. He was he had like a top five immediately, and then committed to Oklahoma within like four days. Yeah. So that's how quickly things go. And for everyone who's going to complain about USC, they didn't have an offensive line coach at that time, so it was kind of hard to attract right uh, a top tackle at that point. But that's how fast it goes if you are a legitimate prospect that people want, you know. It's it's quick. It's not like uh when you're a teenager and you like t- go slow and take the recruiting process day by day. It's like you're gone once you know like once you're in the portal.
0: Yeah. And there's certain guys that you're going to know um when they're on the market, it's going to be a hot commodity. If it's if it's this five-star offensive lineman and it's because like he got busted for drugs and uh, you know, pushed his girlfriend or something like, you know, just ter- ter- terrible, things. But they are like, okay, he's not going to have like a million suitors. He'll have some people that are, but if it's like the five-star offensive lineman who had tons of promise, maybe played a year and looked amazing. And his offensive line coach was an idiot. And the team was out of, you know, like, th- we know the reason why this guy's leaving because he was sold a different bill of goods than what he got. And he is a stud and you want to bring him in. Um, sometimes it's not that clear cut where it's like one side or the other is wrong. You have to figure out like, why did that guy leave? Like, well, they thought, um, you know, Keontae Ingram comes in to USC. Uh, you know, they had some other guys emerge there. He might've had a few fumbles, but it also was like, he wasn't really running the offense that he thought it was going to be. And like, he had, he ran more of what like USC's running in high school. And so if you're USC, you're like, yeah, I think we we're going to run what he really wanted to come in and run. And so it's going to be a better situation for him there. So there it's more of like a even, you know, like there's some good, some bad. And if you're USC, you're like, well, but we, the bad's not going to be for our bad. Cause we, we run this offense that he likes. And so, I mean, you gotta have to figure out some of that stuff. Some of it's just like you said, this guy's a stud. His team was terrible get him, you know, like yeah, yeah. there's, there's no reason not to sign this guy.
1: Yeah. And, and specifically with Keontae Ingram, it was an added benefit that the coaches knew him personally, you know, yeah. Nivar and, and Orlando. So you can at least vouch for him personally. So that was an added bonus, but yeah, it's sometimes it's a, it's a risk. So it's, it's, the portal is not this like a plus recruiting market. If you yeah.
0: will. <laughs> and if you get, you know, you got two guys from the university of Texas in the transfer portal over the last few months, you have people that can vouch for them on your staff. You're not like making calls and asking. You're like, no dude, I recruited him. Like he was best friends with my son, but whatever it is, like, you know, like, and so having that kind of ability to vet is one of those things you take advantage of. Like if you just hired someone from the university of Toledo, you know, on your staff and they have this stud player that, goes into the portal, like, you're going to have an in already, you know, and yeah. you're going to know, like, and like oh, he's not as good as you said or whatever. So all those factors have to come into. The, the portal's really complicated. It's like it's whole new, you know, a whole different recruiting cycle, and you got to do your homework. It's not just like, oh, look, through. I need a, a left tackle. Let's see, yeah. see what's available. If, yeah. if USC did have an offensive line coach in place, which, again, goes back to, Poor decision making from mm-hmm. from years ago. Like why why were you in that position? Yeah. I'm not saying they would have got a left tackle, but there was some great opportunities to get one if you had someone in place. Um, and then we sort the, the window was sort of lost. Now it's back. Now it's you know, still potential to do it now. But yeah, you, know.
1: you would have been in a much uh, easier place to succeed or a position to succeed. Yeah, if you know those errors. And I mean, even recruiting wise, if you had made some right. Yeah, you know. So. Did you
0: keep Neil Calloway too long? Did you have Tim Drevno as your running back coach? Did yeah. you bring him in and keep him when you're running a different offense? Like all those decisions that we questioned all along the way, you're sort of like, well, you know, that's probably why you're where you are right now. Like yeah. if if you reverse one or two of those decisions, you're probably in a much better position now. You're not talking about why does USC need a left tackle yeah. every day during the offseason.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, already, one last question. is from our buddy John, uh, who says, Hello, Paracel Podcast. The NCAA, a.k.a. college presidents and ADs, have completely screwed up the player transfer process with the portal and immediate eligibility. The J-Toya situation is clearly due to under-the-table tampering. First of all, John, we don't know this. This is allegedly by John. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, By some yet-to-be-identified coaching staff, probably working through his high school coach or former teammates to his parents. I'm okay with undergrad uh, players having the right to transfer and a big supporter of the grad transfer rule for players that have earned their undergrad degree. The old system of undergrads having to sit out a year was working fine until the NCAA staff started granting waivers to this rule with no sense of reasoning, logic, or consistency. How would you fix the growing mess that the NCAA has made of the player transfer process, and do you think anything soon will be done by the NCAA? Fight on, John.
0: Hey, John. Um, I wouldn't say the system was working fine. I mean, I, I feel like there's been a complete shift in the way we look at student athletes. And if me or Keeley we're sophomores at USC and I'm going to engineering school and Keely's in the, you know, journalism program, you know, broadcast journalism, and she wants to transfer to Missouri and I wanna go to Carnegie Mellon, I just go, you know, and we can do it. And and you can't do that as a student athlete and continue to do what you do as far as play sports. And, um, you know, if if I come up with some cool experiment uh, in one of my labs and I put it on YouTube and I sell ads, I can make money off of it. And if, you know, Keely has a cool reel that goes viral or something, you know, some interview she does and she makes money, her Instagram blows up and she makes money, you know, wearing certain perfumes or whatever and they, they pay her for it like we can do that kind of stuff if you're a student athlete you can't do that you know you're you're the uh, long snapper that can snap through a, a moving car window and it landed a trash can across the street and it goes on youtube and it's a huge hit you're not allowed to make money off of that yeah. and if you want to go play at another school they're not gonna let you right away so i feel like john there's a big shift to you can't keep You know the the whole point was you're trying to keep them amateurs, but you're limiting like basic human rights while you're doing it. And the whole amateurism thing, like I'm not a you know pay players got you know schools play players, but name, image, and likeness. Guys want to transfer. I think the one time transfer rule is good. Like hey, you know you got one. Like yeah, this place sucks. My coach left. Leave. You know go somewhere else and go do it. Um, I think John, you might just be a little upset because you know, the Jay Toya thing hit closer to home, but there's eight guys or whatever that came in too, you know, that are, that are coming from other programs. Um, if, if Jay Toya didn't want to be at USC anymore, do you want him there? You know, like if you've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever, and you can force them to stay with you and they don't want to like, is that cool? Like, is that going to be a great relationship? Like probably not. He wanted to go if it was, whatever reason is is crappy for the whatever it was, there was reasons that he didn't want to be at USC anymore. And um, you know, yeah, young kids can make, you know, I make I'm 50. I make terrible decisions sometimes, you know, you're 18 you make terrible decisions, but you kind of kind of have to learn from them. So this is, I think you got to give players, student athletes, the opportunity to make a poor decision if they want to. And maybe it is, you know, he could transfer there and go, man, I really screwed up. But, We've all done that stuff, right? You know, like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have, you know, drank that much before my final, you know, whatever. Like, you make bad decisions. And you just kind of like to bounce back from them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think overall, John we're seeing a trend where there's more player empowerment happening you know with yeah, with uh, name image and likeness um the transfer rules you call rules, it like nibbage likeness nib- <laughs> it was a whole combination <laughs> of it um but I, it's trending that way and it's funny because he said do you think the ncaa will do anything soon about it and like anything we've seen from the ncaa is just nonsensical when they do yeah. decide to do something so if anything it might limit players because that seems to be the today's trend but i mean it this is kind of where it's going i don't know how you can it's because and he included an article in his question and, and the article was talking about how um the transfer portal is kind of mirroring uh free agency and and that whole process in professional sports and that's something we've heard clay Helton say as well it's kind of like a free agent market in the portal um and i don't see how you pull that back once you go there you know what i mean like i don't see how how you make it unfree agency, if you will, uh, once you get that going, because I think it benefits the players and the coaches to a certain extent, and I don't think people are going to want to pull that back. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like once you give people more freedom and more power, I don't see how you reverse that necessarily. You can't
0: put that genie back in the bottle, exactly. And the, yeah. the grad transfer rule was a loophole. Basically, they're like, "Well, I graduated, I still have eligibility." And I want to do my master's, but this program, this school doesn't have the masters I want. Like that's the reason behind that. Like yeah. you could go to another school that had the the like so people were transferring to the school they wanted and then would say, Oh, which master's program do they have that, you know? That's just kind of dumb. Um I, I I get the concern and stuff, John, but there's you're it you gotta allow these players to do what they want, and there's going to be some nefarious things that are going on. There's going to be tampering. There's going to be, you know, just things offered to try to get people to uh, switch schools. And there's going to be some schools coaches that kind of get screwed. There's going to be some players that, that get screwed because they listened to, they got some bad advice and they, you know, did what the, some handler said they should do and they ends up being the wrong choice for them. I mean, there's yeah, like, just like anything, there's going to be some more freedom, but you have, you know, there's there could be some higher consequences, you know, where you you go someplace and you shouldn't have gone, and you end up dropping out of school, and you never, you know, if you wouldn't have left, then maybe it would have been a better situation. But there's going to be a lot of players that have to leave a terrible situation, and this gives them the best opportunity. So yeah, you can't look at at the. There's going to be some negatives. There's going to be yeah. players hurt from this, but there's going to be a lot more players that are helped that are going to be able to put themselves in a better situation because of an earlier poor decision or they were led astray, whatever it is. I mean, you can't, to me, you can't take away the right for a young person to choose to go to a different school if they want to, Yeah, like anyone else can do. Um, And this is, I think this is just a part of it. Yes. There'll be some abuse. There'll be some whatever, but I think the basic right of being able to, Transfer schools and still do the thing you love to do is something that um, they needed to do. They're doing it. And like uh, Keely said, you're not going to be able to take that away.
1: Yeah. Completely agree, Ryan. Well done.
0: Hey, good stuff. Yeah. Okay. I went on a few tangents. Um, it's it's okay. just because I haven't, you know. I, you're I ready to, to talk. I don't you get to ready. see you as much. It's good to see you in person. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. know, uh, will chat podcast I, I know you feel a little better after i've had negative COVID tests and it's stuff it's so. nice
1: to know that your boss isn't infecting you yes yeah
0: <laughs> I, I, even if i'm licking sidewalks i still got <laughs> negative you know yeah
1: well done strong immune system
0: <laughs> i don't know about that like i you know i i would used to get sick yeah, a couple of times a year or whatever like i would mm-hmm. get like a cold but i'm like i think the allergy thing like is always going you know mm, i don't sucks. know but if i know, you have a
1: gluten al- allergy.
0: I could because I, I, yeah. I, it could be a food thing because I just eat like crap all the time.
1: It could be. I mean, bad. I eat
0: some good stuff, but I eat like a lot of sweets. And I mean, I eat you
1: eat Trader Joe's, which is great.
0: I do. I do love the Trader Joe's. But, <laughs> but the, so the sourdough bread, sourdough bread have gluten? Yes, Ryan. Okay. I don't know.
1: Did um, you feel sluggish after your grilled cheese?
0: No, I feel good, man. It was <laughs> dipping the grilled cheese in the tomato soup. It's
1: mm, so good. Very
0: underrated, you know?
1: Is it underrated? I think it's a classic.
0: Do you think that people, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think so. It was good. I was like, it was fun to like, Make stuff for my mom, you know, like made her tea, make her stuff, you well, know, like taking take, care she's mom. taking me, yeah. take care of me forever. You return know, the so. favor. Yeah. Return that. So we're going to go, you know, spend a few days on a beach in Hawaii. It's good nice. to you know, get her off of the East Coast. Although it's like 90 degrees in Boston. And it's like oh, really? wow. 70 here. Like it's like though you look at the map, like we're like the coldest in the country right now. In oh, LA. What?
1: No, but here's the thing. As what usually happens, there's going to be a camp next week at USC. Guess what the hottest day of the week is going to be? When the camp is. So, ah. you know. Roasting alive—it's fine.
0: A little roasting going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anything else?
1: I think that's it. I think we covered it for now.
0: Any final thoughts? Is what you like this?
1: Okay, everyone. (laughs) Fun of me for that, but yeah, everyone I. has a final thought. So I think I'm just facilitating. The
0: it. best part of final thoughts is like, everyone says
1: no and then yes, that. 100%. <laughs> no, but yeah, blah, yeah, blah,
0: blah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, Dan Dan was classic at that. It was our but little, does the little same bit. Thing too, yeah, well,
1: right. shotgun can never shut
0: up. <laughs> no, he's, he just talks. Yeah, 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 Uh Awesome. All right. Well, that is Keely. Your follow on Twitter at Keely is my name. I'm Ryan Abraham. Really appreciate you listening to the Peristyle Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Selvi. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up
2: spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And
0: obsession leads to
2: murder. Who did this to your family?
0: You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all Desire, now streaming
1: on Paramount Plus.